0: Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name's Ali, I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James?
1: Fucking live from the dungeon this week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> live from the lab. The
0: jam room.
1: Mm-hmm. No, the literal dungeon underneath the castle.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Very good. Yep. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of a gothic castle exploration (laughs) today as we talk about Amnesia, The Dark Descent.
1: Yes, apparently this game is important. It's super important, I would say. (laughs)
0: Uh, It's definitely a modern classic. I think it kind of kicks off the modern
1: era of horror games, in my opinion. Mm, It really does, but the real question is, is it still fun to play today
0: mm. and we will try to answer that but before we do as always zero brightness is brought to you by you you can go to patreon.com slash zero to sign up to directly support the show help us do what we do and we're a game club you can play the games along with us because we tell you what we're playing next you can also jump in our discord and talk to us about anything including older games we've covered, games you're playing that we haven't covered, games you think we should cover. Uh, it's a good
1: time. Yes. Always a good time. So, Amnesia. Yeah. 2010. 2010,
0: developed by Frictional Games. Who I can't believe it's already been 10 years. I know. It's crazy. And... Frictional had one very notable game before this, which was Penumbra Mm. and a very notable game after this for me personally, which is Soma, you know, which I love. You can go listen to our episode on that to hear me gush about it and talk about why it's the best, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, But Amnesia is right in the middle. Uh, which is funny because if you play it now and you hadn't played it before, it might have a little bit of a middle child vibe. Like <laughs> it's not as polished as Soma, but it's not as like rough and new feeling as Penumbra, for example. Mm, um, yeah. B- but if you do know the historical context and/or you've played it before, I mean, this game is a huge deal.
1: So you know uh, several episodes again uh, several episodes ago you kind of coined a term that we have uh adopted lovingly uh it's a subgenre of horror games called hide-em-ups hide-em-ups and amnesia is kind of like the granddaddy to hide-em-ups uh, right these are also known as youtuber bait <laughs> Well,
0: and so, okay, let's talk a little bit about why Amnesia is such a big deal and how it came out and et cetera, et cetera. Because like, so, you know, Amnesia, it is kind of the father of hide-em-ups, but it's not technically because Penumbra was also a hide-em-up game. Mm, Um, Interesting. In Penumbra, though, the stealth and hiding and enemy management was very clunky, Um, It was very much like you enter a room, you can kind of see where the enemy is, but you also kind of can't. And it's a little psychedelic and you have to use noise clue or noise cues. Um, But at the same time, it was really basic and it was really difficult because it was so clunky. Um, Kind of had some of the same problems that, you know, something like Outlast might have, but a lot worse. Um, which to me was that like you could see what you're supposed to do and you could be like, I'm doing it and then you die <laughs> and sure. you're like, yeah. wait, what? Um, so Penumbra was kind of like that uh, but it was technically a hide-em-up um, Amnesia, it's much more polished, it's much more slick um, and it has some twists to it that I haven't really seen other games do that I think make it really interesting
1: Yeah, it it also has a lot of similarities to Eternal Darkness Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, Lovecraftian theme and insanity mechanics, which play a huge part in the game.
0: Right. Um, So, you know, a hide-em-up game, uh, like we've discussed before, it's basically like a normal horror game of whatever time you're looking at except it removes the combat and instead replaces it with stealth and like puzzle solving
1: right you can't attack ever yes you can't fight
0: and when i say like a normal horror game of the time quote unquote i mean it's in the style that you'd expect it's kind of like the dominant style um Amnesia is interesting because at this time first person exploration based combat free horror games or even with combat were not that wasn't the dominant style sure Uh, yeah I mean 2010 it's you know close enough or sort of still in the like 360 era yeah Um,
1: I mean Fallout New Vegas Mass Effect 2 Red Dead Redemption uh, Halo Reach you know right these are the games that everybody's playing
0: exactly and so at that time the dominant style of horror games was either like a first person shooter kind of thing maybe there's a couple of those like uh, our friend alan wake well i was gonna say condemned in fear and then i was Mm, gonna say the other side of the coin was the resident evil four style action horror but third person action that's alan wake dead space resident evil five and six right sure yeah so there's there's sort of that's like really the dominant style to me and then B-tier is like the FPS style. But Amnesia isn't really like either of those games or either of those Mm-mm. styles, you know? Yeah. Um, it's very slow. It's very exploration and puzzle-based. It's very atmospheric to the point of being vaporous at times.
1: You <laughs> yeah, know? it'll give you a headache. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking... We're getting items to solve puzzles. We're reading notes... We're doing a lot of classic adventure game stuff here.
0: Yes. And so before we get into like the sanity mechanics and all that sort of stuff, the thing that was really shocking to me replaying it, because I said in the SOMA episode that I kind of feel like it hasn't aged that well, and but it's like a cool game. And when I replayed it this time, I was really in the mood for it and I really got into it and I think a big part of that was that I kind of realized that it's almost like a remake of alone in the dark or something.
1: Well, yeah, it's funny because we played these very close to each other Yeah, and uh, they share a lot of similarities.
0: Yeah. So it's like very slow moving. There's a lot of narrated notes. There's a ton of like disembodied voice, disembodied voices talking to you and telling you stories. And I think that it's the sort of thing where it's like, if you're in the mood for it, it's weirdly relaxing Like, hearing that chime and then the guy's voice be like, October 8th, you know, 1844 or whatever. It was like, I just got to really, like, enjoy that aspect of the game. And so, like, I found myself weirdly, like, vibing and just, like, chilling while Mm -hmm. playing, quote-unquote, the scariest game ever.
1: Yeah. it Well, it does have a slower pace than I expected. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. little backstory. I've never played this game. So, I came into it fresh. And yeah, it does have a lot slower pace than I expected, and they really do space out the baddies, Mm -hmm. so you never really know when to expect them, and when they show up, they might make you jump out of the chair.
0: Yeah. But I
1: would not consider this the scariest game ever made. Yes. By far.
0: Oh no, for sure. Well, and we'll come back to the interesting things this game does with enemies and terror and sanity and all that kind of stuff because i want to talk about that because it's really interesting um, Mm -hmm. to see how much of this game for how quote-unquote influential it is hasn't really been carried forward Um, but let's talk about why people say this is the scariest game ever and it's very (laughs) very simple and it's that either through marketing or you know kismet providence fate or some combination of the two. I would imagine it's some combination of the two. This game became very popular for people on YouTube to play and then scream and yell and throw their controller and knock things over while playing it. Yep. This game single-handedly pushed the whole streamer subgenre like way way ahead. Like it evolved it right. And yeah,
1: I wouldn't know. But sure.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I'm the same way that I have no interest in stuff, but I remember amnesia being notorious because people were watching other people get scared while playing. Yeah. Right. Um, And this was like a new thing at the time. It was an exciting Mm -hmm. thing at the time for people who were into it. And ultimately to me, it acts as a parallel to what I've said before is probably my least favorite marketing tactic for horror movies, but people still do it, which is Mm -hmm. where they show the night, Uh, the night vision footage of the audience, like freaking out and throwing popcorn while watching a movie, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, look how scared everyone else is of this game. If you (laughs) play this game, you will be as scared and excited and titillated as these strangers. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of wild that no one had ever tried that with a horror game, or at least in like a widespread effective kind of way. And with amnesia, that just happened naturally
1: yeah and i think you know this was that era where like 2010 it was like xbox live arcade was big i think it was a less expensive title um you could just download it digitally and it was always on sale things like that right uh like it seems like everybody had this everybody that had xbox had this game
0: yeah and this game i believe released at a lower price point i believe it was 20 or 30 dollars um yeah, it was frequently on sale. I mean, there's so many things about this game where it was ahead of the curve, right? Mm-hmm. Like being a first-person horror game that's all about atmosphere and scares, big, way ahead of the curve. Being a title that was released at a lower pl- price and most people were buying digitally, way ahead of the curve. And then being a game that appealed to streamers and their audiences and like helps people, you know, create that kind of content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of like love it or hate it. This game was way, way, way ahead of the curve, you know. Um, yeah. But I think to people like us who don't care about any of that shit, <laughs> <laughs> like it can be a bit of a turnoff. So, like, I totally get why you hadn't played this game. Um, sure. That yeah. was not a surprise to me when you told me that. Like, because I played it at the time. Because I was like, I want to see this. People are saying it's the scariest horror game ever. You know, I got to see this shit. Um, I played it at the time. But if I hadn't in that little window where I had a computer that could run it, you know, and I played it. And also, like I've said before, I mean, I was a big fan of Penumbra. That came out, I think, while I was still in high school. And I thought that game was, you know, the bee's knees um, in high school or whatever. But Mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have come back. And, and played it just because like oh was not that that game that all the streamers play and, like say right. racist stuff or whatever <laughs> yeah well
1: yeah I mean uh, and going to this game late is kind of tough for many reasons and the most important reason is because there's just so much hype built around it like yeah. it's never going to live up to being the scariest game of all time and you know, spoiler alerts, it's fucking not. It's not even in like the top ten scariest games. Like it got me for a jump scare like once.
0: Yeah. You know. No totally. I mean, I think well, and that's so I think this game is really at odds with its reputation now. You know, yeah. now that time has passed and you can actually experience the game for like a dollar if you want. Anyone can play this game if you want to play this game. Um I played it on Switch this time, which I hadn't done before, and that oh, was really? yeah, that was pretty fun. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's like now that people have had time to experience a game and horror games have developed and all that kind of stuff, it, it doesn't feel like its reputation leads you to believe. Like it's not like Outlast, you know?
1: No, not at all. And that's kind of what I was expecting out of it. Mm-hmm. I was expecting like to be like constantly stalked in the darkness and being scared like constantly uh and i didn't really have that experience at all i had more of the experience of a pc adventure game you know yeah we're getting backstory we're solving puzzles like what does this item do i don't know i better carry it around for the rest of the game and then you end up using it at the end of the game you know stuff like that yeah
0: exactly slow paced very atmospheric very much um you know, giving you bits and pieces of story and items Mm -hmm. and just kind of letting you figure it out
1: for yourself. Uh, Oh, here's a door I can't open. I better remember that for later.
0: Yep, a lot of navigation. I mean, like a lot of just getting lost and trying to find secret passages and and stuff like that. Um, So it's not the game that its reputation would lead you to believe, which, you Mm -hmm. know, I kind of realized on this playthrough. And that's kind of what made me really really appreciate it all over again. Cause I hadn't played it for a super long time. Um, yeah. I, I tried to do a play for play maybe like around the time we started the show and I just like wasn't into it at the time. Um, this mm. so wasn't in the right headspace, but yeah, I was like, Oh yeah, this is very different. I think the other thing that has to be said too, um, is that this game by the developer's own admission is very much them figuring it out as they go. It's very experimental for them and so like when you play the follow-up soma i personally feel like that game is so much more realized and it's like so much more the idea that it can be a little jarring to go back to this game if you're a big fan of soma because it's Mm kind of like oh
1: okay (laughs) well so much of soma is here like Mm -hmm. the idea of walking into a room and getting a flashback and then, like, the whole screen turns blurry, and you're walking in slow motion mm-hmm. as you listen to disembodied voices talk, and then the voices go away, and then you can continue playing the game. Right. You know, uh, yeah. That narrative style is, like, grandfathered right into SOMA.
0: Yeah, Totally. But even just, like, the setting is so different. You know, the mechanics of it feel different, even though they're not. I think they're just a lot more polished in Soma. Mm -hmm. And also just, like, the construction of the story uh, in Soma and the way that it kind of feeds you new environments and new things to look at is just so much more elegant.
1: Yeah, this game really feels like you're, like a passenger through somebody else's narrative and you're not involved in it Mm -hmm. while soma like really involves you yeah it it gives the protagonist a voice for one and like a place a reason to be there Mm -hmm. in this game in amnesia i felt like completely attached from the character and the character's experience like pretty much at all times
0: totally well and you know there's a really good interview it's like that ars technica series and it's called war stories Mm. Uh, I've definitely recommended it before. And I've linked it before. And they basically talk to devs about games they've done in the past and get some insight and stories about the games they worked on. Uh, the one hand Amnesia is great. I honestly wouldn't recommend it if you haven't played the game because it kind of, like, ruins it. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, they talk about how the big overriding idea was that they just wanted to mess with the player so mm. the whole sanity mechanic and a lot of the ideas that are in the game that the game explicitly tells you like how to interact with the game are actually not true oh, really? uh, and they're not even connected like a lot of it is just kind of random and the stuff that they say is like not true so so the game is um, intentionally feeding you disinformation about like how to manage your sanity and stuff like that and it's like intentionally misleading you because it's all about manipulating the player and creating a scenario in which they're tense and stressed out and scared um, mm. and I actually think the game does a really good job of that for the most part but you can also see how that's not really like a gameplay idea it's mm. like kind of a atmospheric idea And the nuts and bolts of the gameplay is basically the same as in Penumbra, which is a game that came out like seven years earlier or something. Oh, wow. You know? So yeah, like Frictional's deal was that they were making these first-person exploration-based PC horror games. There's no combat. You have to hide. And they have these... uh, I don't know how to describe it. I guess I would say they're capital I Important Physics Systems. So Mm -hmm. it's like you can pick up and move anything and it has physics that govern how it moves and therefore a lot of the puzzles will rely on the physics system yeah you know
1: yeah I was like constantly picking up books and throwing them in fireplaces
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly so like this game has that too but all of that is in Penumbra right Mm. and so like it's better in this game don't get me wrong it is way 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 better in this game Uh, but at the same time it's kind of like Oh yeah, these are it's kind of just like a frictional game except they had this idea about how they wanted to mess with the player. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's why Soma feels so much stronger.
1: So Amnesia has a like huge um sort of like I don't know, there there are five short stories based in the game's lore. And then there's a DLC that which seems sounds pretty fleshed out. I haven't played it. And then there's a sequel made by a different developer. Right. And then I think just this year Amnesia Rebirth was announced. Yes. So I assume I don't know if that's a remake of this game or uh It's sequel. like a true sequel, quote unquote, you know. Yeah. By the original company. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was it was interesting that like when the launcher comes up. Like it gives you a lot of choices, and one of the choices is to like read all the books. Uh huh. It's like God. Time for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit about you know what this game is and some of the unique things about this game. Um. So, like we say, it is a first-person adventure horror game where you have to hide from enemies if you see them. Uh, it's got a very like abrupt start, and it just kind of throws you in. Yeah. Um, it does feel, in many ways, it feels like Eternal Darkness, and we'll get to the sanity stuff. But even just in the way the story goes, where it's like you feel—hold on, there's like a fire truck going by. <laughs> well, maybe it's not okay. Well, anyway, it, like Eternal Darkness, you feel like you're being thrown into this much larger story that's going sure. on and that doesn't really rely on you. Like you're just this bit player in a huge narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you start out and you're like a dude who can't remember who he is. <laughs> and amnesia amnesia. He finds a note written to himself. Uh, and it's like, you're fucked. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, dog. and, right away you start finding these journal entries and long notes and stuff that kind of start telling you this, once again, this much larger cosmic horror narrative.
1: Yeah, I was completely lost in terms of plot from the beginning. Yes. I just couldn't follow it. And I don't know if it's because I didn't care enough or if it just didn't engage me for any other reasons. But yeah, like none of it sucked. Uh, Like I was a guy with amnesia and I have to escape the castle.
0: Yes. So it's very confusing and it's very vague. Um, It's kind of what I mentioned earlier about it being sort of vaporous. Uh, It's really not like a normal narrative game. Uh, Uh, It's more like you're getting bits and pieces and you're sort of expected to uh piece together yourself and maybe have your own ideas about what is happening in the story but it definitely feels intentionally vague Yeah. Um, once again in a way that I feel like is really influential on horror games you know
1: Well, I was going to bring this up uh, maybe later but I think it's uh, m- maybe a good time to talk about it this game had a huge influence on layers of fear mm-hmm And if you play amnesia and layers of fear back to back, um, you can, you can see like how heavily layers of fear cop this game in terms of narrative and storytelling. Yeah. Um, yeah, just wanted to put that out there.
0: (laughs) Totally. I think going back and playing this game, you can see how much of an effect had on like a lot of modern horror, but definitely bloomer team, um, and I think one thing that's interesting about this game and, you know, I don't, yeah, like we're not really going to talk about the story very much. Cause it's just like, I don't even know what to say. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of words and it's, it is what it is. I mean, True. <laughs> but the thing that I think is cool about this game is it kind of codified something that I've been thinking about a lot with horror games, which is that when we say something is story based or narrative based, uh, we don't necessarily mean, mean it in the same way that we do when we talk about film. Right. Sure. It's like when we say a film is based in a narrative or, or based in a story, it's literally just telling you a story. The, there may be other characteristics about the film, like, you know, the visuals and the aesthetics and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately it's telling you the story. The story has to be good. The story has to be really good. Probably right in a video game which has had this long history, especially in horror games, having dog shit stories and awful storytelling. Uh, When we say something is story-based or narrative-based, I feel like what we're trying to get at is that it keeps you intrigued in where you're going and what you're going to see next. Mm. And so even if the story isn't good or isn't, well told. The game is keeping you interested in the quote-unquote narrative because you just want to see it advance. You want to see what's going to happen next. You're curious. You're invested in some way or another.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel like with Amnesia, it was just momentum. You mm-hmm. know, Amnesia just got a good momentum to it. Like it, it's it's got a slow pace, but it's it knows how to be linear in areas and how to be open ended in other areas uh in a way that just keeps pushing you through
0: yeah exactly and i think that it keeps showing you new and different environments too that like keep you interested and and keep you engaged and i think that by this game making those choices i feel like that's one of its biggest influences is that it opened up games to just be like okay you can be story-based or narrative-based without having to have this really heavily involved like story or narrative right
1: yeah Well imagine if uh, you know layers of fear cops amnesia in terms of it's like pacing better Mm -hmm. and made it more interesting in that way you know it would have been a better game. Oh yeah a
0: hundred percent but I I just think it was a really cool thing they did because it kind of goes back to the start of like survival horror in my opinion right because like if you put Resident Evil on paper as a story it's not good (laughs) like but you are interested and engaged and you want to keep going with that game in particular, because like you're solving puzzles, you're getting to see new parts of the mansion. Every new environment is like different and lived in in a cool way. Um, so that's like a narrative or a story-based game that doesn't really have much of a story, right? Like, yeah, Wesker being bad isn't exactly like the big, you know, earth-shaking plot development <laughs> that we are expecting, right?
1: Well, another thing that helps Amnesia's pace is that when you die, you basically come back to life in almost the same spot yeah so like if you get killed a couple times in a row by a baddie you'll probably wake up and he'll be gone yeah so you can just keep moving on with your life
0: totally it's it's generous with the checkpoints spatially and it's super generous time-wise because yeah if you solve a puzzle and get killed you start just in another place but with the puzzle already solved you just have to get back to where you were and not die
1: yeah, or if you grab an item and get killed, you'll still have the item when you wake up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. And I think that's kind of another cool thing about this game is because the game is not about you know being quote-unquote hard. It's not about like pushing you to be better or giving you that kind of experience. It's all about just the atmosphere of it, um, which is really, really the strong point of the game, in my opinion so you know there's a couple things i think that are really well done that contribute to that so number one is the sanity system (laughs) uh and now like i said if you watch that ars technica video you kind of realize that it's all bullshit
1: yeah i well i realized that like half an hour into the game it's like this isn't doing shit but like annoying me yeah and yeah okay
0: but so the idea behind it is that basically if you do certain things, your sanity starts to degrade and your vision starts to warp. Um, you start getting hallucinations and things like that. Uh, it's never as intrusive as it is in internal Darkness, for example. Um, yeah. Although there are you know, a couple similar things like having bugs crawl across your screen. And
1: yeah, the, so- the roaches on the screen. The first time I got that, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but it's never like a flash and reset you somewhere else thing like it is in Eternal yeah. Darkness,
1: for example. It's kind of dumb, though, because like essentially it's like, okay, your screen gets wiggly if you're in the dark too much. Mm-hmm. So if your screen gets wiggly permanently, just stand by a torch for five minutes and then it goes away.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's all based around the idea that, like, yeah, if you spend too long in the dark, you start to go crazy. If you see monsters too much, if you take damage too much, you know, pretty yeah. classic video game stuff. But I would argue that it's well done, A, because it's pretty unobtrusive. Like, until you go full crazy, like the worst, mm-hmm. you know, like zero health bar, it's yeah. all pretty subtle for the most part. And the other thing is that i do think it gets at like what in the game is tense and scary which is that like this game is dark as shit and like (laughs) the darkness combined with the sanity effects are actually really affecting in a surprising way like i find myself i found myself feeling repeatedly like i need to get the fuck out of here (laughs) right yeah So, so like i'll say that the game didn't like you know, scare me in the way that I was jumping and throwing my controller and screaming, you know, whatever. But like it did get under my skin.
1: Sure. Well, let's talk about the light mechanics. So you can carry around a a torch or a lantern essentially that you can turn on and off and you have to use oil to refill it. Sometimes you run out and then throughout the game, you find a bunch of Tinder boxes, which are essentially like matches where you can light candles and lamps around the castle um, to basically refill your sanity. Oh, so you like find a safe room and so you just light a candle and like chill out in there for a minute while you might read a note or something. Yeah, totally. And that'll kind of like recenter you so you can go back out into the scariness. Um, at the end of the game, I ended up having like eighty tinder boxes. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about like using them like pretty liberally.
0: Yeah, definitely use them.
1: Yeah. The only time you don't want to use them is when you know a baddie is patrolling because then they'll just see you all the time. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're you're managing your tinder boxes and you're managing the oil in your lamp um, so that you can actually see and it does get more intense as the game goes on like I think there's a lot of early areas where it's more just like kind of unnerving that it's too dark and you can't see what you're doing yeah but later in the game it actually gets pitch black uh, mm-hmm. and so you need to have either oil or tinder boxes to light you know uh, lamps and s- or to light uh, torches and stuff Yeah. and I really liked that progression in the game I thought that was really cool like they introduce a mechanic and then later it just gets way more intense you know since the game doesn't really have traditional game difficulty right like uh, kind of intensifying those aspects of it I think uh, does a similar thing for the game
1: mm. well okay so let's talk about being stalked by bad guys yeah because that's you know besides the the fear mechanics uh, really that's like the big other like point of like tension in the game yeah yeah
0: Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com/slash ZeroBrightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zero brightness.com. We'll see you out there. Um, and I don't know how you felt, but I really liked this aspect of the game.
1: Well, they're really Dumb, and the bad guys don't really. Um, they have like well, they're freaking blind. So if you run into a room, slam the door shut, and then like hide in a dark corner behind like a chest of drawers or something, they're gonna walk in the room and not find you and leave. Yeah, like they have like really bad vision. So like if you're under a room slam the door shut and hide in a corner. They're not going to see you. They're going to run. They're going to walk in the room and then look around and leave.
0: See, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But I like the way that everything came together in this game. So like, once again, a lot of this game is smoke and mirrors. And I think if you're into it and you get into the game's vibe and you kind of walk with it, it's awesome. And if you're not feeling it, you're just like, Oh, come on. You
1: know what I mean? Well, uh, and there are only a few areas in the game where there are bad guys. Well, how many bad guys are there in the game? Five or six?
0: Mm, there's more than that, because there's really? like there's multiple monsters in the prison alone. Okay. Well, I just didn't bump into them very much, I guess. I felt like I kept bumping into the baddies in this game. But like there's a couple things that I really like about how they're presented though, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I I did die a couple times in the prison. But, you know, as with other games, like, I feel like, you know, just like with Outlast, if you want to, like, understand how to avoid these bad guys, you kind of have to, like, throw yourselves at them and see how they react and, like, keep your camera on them while they do shit, just so you can see what they're capable of. And then after you die, you can play the level again with that knowledge and easily avoid them.
0: Okay, see, that...
1: Is how you totally ruin the magic of this game. <laughs> like, because well, if you run from them and don't look at them, like that's how I maybe the first three bad guys in the game. That's how I handled them. Like, I stayed in the dark. I didn't look at them. I, I like listened for footsteps, and when they had left, I I would leave. Um, but yeah, after a while, I was just like, I don't even know what these guys look like, so I'm gonna you know actually look at them and run backwards and see if he's you know faster than me see how he attacks and things like that and yeah it does demystify the game completely but at the same time it you know makes it a lot easier
0: (laughs) yeah i mean like i guess what i'm trying to say is i think you broke the
1: game and destroyed all of its magic (laughs) well is that a fault of mine or is that a fault of the game though
0: well i'm just saying that this game was a pretty earlier rudimentary attempt at this style of game and so being that it's the first one i kind of feel like you have to walk with it for it to work mm. so I'm not, I'm not saying that you played it wrong i'm saying you didn't walk with it and so you didn't <laughs> you're like. saying i played it wrong no no no. i'm not saying you played it wrong like i have told you in the past that you've played certain games wrong i still stand by the fact that i think you played prey wrong if your intention <laughs> if your intention was to have fun while playing it <laughs> It's you know an immersive I mean? sim. You should play it any way you want. Yeah, and you can. But if you're trying to have fun, <laughs> I would not recommend that anybody do what you did, right? I guess. That's what I'm saying. There's no wrong way to play any game, but you can say, okay, what's your goal with the game? Do you want to have fun? If yeah. so, don't do this.
1: <laughs> well, okay. Well, here's a big crux in horror games. Once you remove the... um. Effect of death or remove the consequence of death it doesn't become scary anymore and that's essentially what I did with the bad guys in this game and that that's what they did because when you die you wake up in the same spot there's no consequence for dying in this game sure but here let me tell you how I encountered these enemies because I feel
0: like we played totally different games right <laughs> so like okay one, what I liked about this game and the way it presents enemies is that you really don't see them ever and if you're trying to you know keep playing the game and not die etc cetera, etc cetera, you don't even get close to them right yeah and the yeah. game has this weird perspective it feels like you can see really far sometimes yeah I well w- when it's not pitch black it feels like you can see really far so you can be at the, en- like the end of a really long hallway and you're like fuck I can see all the way to the end of it And so what the game does that's really cool is, like, in the prison, for example. I mean, like, the enemies in the prison, that was probably the best enemy encounters I had in the game. Mm. Uh, And the prison is, like, right in the middle of the game. Super dark and claustrophobic environment. Uh, And so, like, there are certain really long hallways, though. And so I would kind of hear that there were enemies somewhere in the area, but I couldn't see or pinpoint or anything. And Uh so... I'd like walk to the head of a really long hallway and then way, way, way at the end, I'd see an enemy and you just see it as like a blur, right? Like you wouldn't really be able to see clearly what it is because there's a bunch of visual effects going on and other shit. Yeah. And even from that far away, like one of them could spot you and then start coming for you. The music kicks up, sound effects kick up like crazy. So you run and then, yeah, you just find a place to hide and you hide and wait it out. That's what I did the Mm -hmm. whole game. And that alone was effective. But then the game also throws like weird little curveballs at you. Like in that area alone, I had one of the dudes just like bust in the door. Yeah. But he didn't (laughs) come in or catch me. But just that alone, I was like, man, that's fucked up.
1: Unexpected. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like the whole idea behind this game and its enemies are that you don't ever see them clearly. A lot of them are invisible. And the ones that are visible, they're always in shadow or kind of blurry. And you're always meant to be running from them. You're not meant to be up close to them or looking at them. And I think that's like a (laughs) super strong element in this game. And it's similar to Soma, even though Soma gives you an option where you can just turn off the you know the lethality of the bad guys and just walk right up to them but to me i think that the way that these games work best is if you sort of walk with it and you play along with the magic trick and so like Mm. you're always kind of running from this blurry indistinct enemy while like the sound effects are going nuts and your camera's going nuts because like you're insane um i loved it i thought it was so cool and it's still a unique experience today because so many horror games are still so combat based
1: yeah but okay i i feel like this is a flawed system just because you have to play along with it because you know like like we criticize layers of fear for um uh, layers of fear has that you know you're in a haunted house and you know if you're in a haunted house and you choose to like you know like step outside that little path they want to talk to you it's going to break that illusion and so this game does have some of that haunted housey stuff going on that i think you have to acknowledge and that it it, it is an inherent flaw in the design uh you know not saying that this game's not like notable or noteworthy or fun because it is fun but I think that does have to be acknowledged that it's problematic. And you know, like like I said in the Soma review, they acknowledge that it's problematic because there's an option to remove the death mechanic completely. So
0: Yeah, but I think for me the thing that always keeps me coming back to this, you know, like this company's games and defending them is that when it works, it's still really unique and really awesome. Like, especially in the context of cosmic horror, which this game is definitely in the cosmic horror genre, I think that creators and artists have such a hard time expressing that unseeable, unknowable, evil idea. Sure. Yeah. And I think this game obscuring the enemy so much, making so much of it not about vision and not about getting in their face and seeing them, they really get the closest to that that I've personally
1: ever seen. Mm. So you think, like, Lovecraftian, undescribable horrors are, like, low-poly naked guys chasing you down the
0: hallway? <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> thing, James, is that if you're not trying to break the game, you don't even see that that's what they are. And there are other enemies that are, like, straight-up invisible,
1: right? Oh, yeah. So, like, um, there are bad guys in the water. So, like, you'll go down the hallway, and the hallway's got, like, knee-deep water. And there's, like, invisible piranhas killing you? It's weird. There's also like a big kind
0: of lost smoke monster, invisible guy in the water in the cistern. Um, oh, really? Yeah. But huh. he like doesn't always appear. It was really weird.
1: Like, I don't think I got a smoke monster. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's cool. I don't know. I just think that and like even so the first the first times you first couple times you encounter enemies in the game, you they are invisible. You don't see them. Mm, Um, and then the first time you encounter a visible enemy once again it's in super low light you're sneaking you're kind of barely keeping an eye on him like you're not really seeing this enemy unless you like go out of your way
1: yeah and they kind of broadcast it like that too like the first couple times that you see enemies in the game they're not even interactable yet They'll be like in the distance walking down a perpendicular hallway or something and you can see them as like a silhouette in front of fog or something like that
0: yeah well exactly and I think it's cool and I also think you know let me just uh, let me just throw this out there James like I said in the layers of fear episode I'm not against very haunted housey linear you have to play by the rules. Types of horror games i'm against layers of fear because it fucking blows (laughs) and like layers of fear didn't give me cool stuff to look at and think about and do it just it just absolutely didn't it didn't have vibe or atmosphere right Mm -hmm. this game does and i kind of feel like lumping it in with that or saying it has some of the same problems is kind of like going to a haunted house and then being like mad because you like got in the guy's face when he jumped out at you and then they kicked you out.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, games just have a layer of interactivity, you know? And if you don't want players to do things, you have to put up, you know, the bumper rails, you know, there's no bumper rails here.
0: Yeah. Well, for sure. And like I said, I mean, this, this game is, is rough. It's 10 years old. It's, the first fully realized one of the first fully realized games in this style. Mm. Um And so, yeah, there's, I mean, I'm not saying this game is perfect. I, I always had a little bit of a lower opinion of this game, mostly because I played it at the time and I thought it was overhyped. And then once mm. I played Soma, like I said, I really felt like this was the first draft of Soma. Sure. Um, yeah. But returning to it, I was actually surprised and especially right after playing alone in the dark, yeah. which is a game that I was like looking forward to because I love that old, like PC aesthetic and vibe, but the game itself just sucked for me personally. <laughs> uh, playing this game was really nice because it has a lot of that vibe and aesthetic, but it's very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I would put this over layers of fear, for example, or other contemporary games by similar developers is that this game mechanically works really well. Like the controls are good. I mean, the physics, although they kind of rely on them too much for puzzles, they do work well. Uh, It's not like you're struggling to solve these physics puzzles. I personally wasn't, you know? Yeah. Like, it's easy to pick up and play.
1: Let's talk about some of these puzzles, because, you know, on the show a lot, we talk about how games can be, like, strategy guide bait. Some of these puzzles can be, like, super obtuse if you're not paying attention to the notes. Yeah. Um. I wrote down a couple. Um, There's one where you have to um, inject somebody's blood into your body. Yeah. And so there's like dead bodies everywhere. But you have to find a certain guy and you have to drill a hole in his head. Which like starts this like constant fountain of blood like shooting out of his forehead. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, And then you have to go into your inventory and combine two items that you've actually had for like a really, really long time. There's like a needle and then like a copper pipe and you combine the needle and copper pipe together to make a syringe. Yeah. And then you suck up that dude's blood and syringe yourself with it. I never would have been able to figure that out if it weren't for game facts.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think this game is split right down the middle between like (laughs) puzzles that I think are really good and clever and you have to think about them but they make sense like i said Mm -hmm. uh so this game likes physics a lot but it also just likes properties of matter so a lot of times it's just like oh you see a thing that you think you could melt with acid you can or like you see a thing that needs to be greased with grease you can do that or that window looks like i should break it i'm gonna break it uh so those puzzles are all really good and i enjoyed those and even some of them are a little bit tricky but you solve them you feel really smart you feel good mm-hmm. it's split between puzzles like that and then puzzles where it's like what in the fuck
1: like, like you have to put meat on the rope in a well and then <laughs> and then turn the crank so the meat on the rope goes all the way to the bottom and yeah. then like a monster at the bottom eats it yeah and then you like bring it back up and it ends up being something called remains yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Like what the fuck is what that? What the
1: fuck is that?
0: Well, and there's even like there's even simpler stuff where like you can see the solution, but if you don't do things in the exact right order, yeah. uh nothing happens and it's just like won't even give you a prompt or anything. So you're like looking at it like I know this is what I have to do, but you're just doing it in the wrong order. I felt that mm. way about the elevator puzzle getting the elevator started.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Where it's
0: like it's actually a pretty obvious puzzle, and like you can easily look and see what you're supposed to do. But then, if you don't do it in the exact right order, nothing happens, and it is like really frustrating.
1: Mm. There was one spot where you have to break a wall, and if you examine it, it says "fragile but not breakable by hand." But then, if you click it four more times, you break it with your hand.
0: <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Totally, it's definitely a game you need a guide for. I think, um, yeah. And you know, like most horror games, it goes on a little too long. And towards the end, the puzzles get really
1: obtuse. It is sometimes hard to find items too, because items tend to be small, mm-hmm. and they do glow, but they glow in a real subtle way. That's kind of hard to see.
0: But you know, I did appreciate that this game, on a nuts and bolts level, like it had real puzzles and it had real controls and I was never like too frustrated by interacting with it and everything.
1: Uh, I'm not 100% sure on this but I feel like you could even miss the lamp at the beginning of the game. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, cause, like for a while I didn't see it and I ended up going back into the room and I was like, oh, a lamp. Like, Crazy. I'm not sure if the game will block you from progressing if you don't pick up the lamp. Yeah, But I feel like you could miss it
0: yeah it's it's got a real old-school pc game vibe yeah i I think that playing it again that's it didn't strike me at the time when i played it but this being my first full playthrough in a really long time like it really struck me just how much it's like an old pc point-and-click adventure game but uh realized for the modern day you could even say it's kind of a spiritual successor
1: Yeah, yeah, well, um, okay, so I think in terms of, like, graphics and environments, it's a bit of a mixed bag. But when it, like, nails it, it really does nail it. Like, yeah. one of the problems is that, like, there's just so many hallways, and a lot of the hallways look very samey. Yeah. And it, it's like copy and paste wall assets, it almost feels like. Or, like, you know, like the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons when, like, Scooby and Shaggy run down an endless hallway. Yeah. And, like, the fucking background just loops, you know? Yeah. Uh, It can be like that. But then you get to places like, um, like there's, like, a big open area with a fountain. And every time you go back to it, the fountain gets, like, more and more scary. That's, like, a real nice set piece. You mentioned the cistern earlier. That's a really nice-looking set piece. Yeah. Um, they're like torture chambers that are creepy with like historically accurate like torture devices, things like that
0: yeah well one thing that's really cool in this game is you know there are the sanity effects that are either random or based on gameplay or whatever is the truth uh but there's also like scripted very silent hill-esque stuff that happens where Mm -hmm. areas will just suddenly like be filled with blood and meat and just be like really weird and gross and some areas it'll happen quick and some areas will happen slow. And I loved that in this game. Like I totally forgot about that shit. Uh, when I went before I went back and replayed it and I was like, Oh man, it's so cool. Like, yeah, there's (laughs) some really cool environments. There's some really cool environmental degradation that happens. Yeah. I think to your point, to your criticism, this game has a pacing problem that, doesn't just affect gameplay which is what we usually mean when we say pacing but it's also Mm. like the environments it shows you i think a lot of the dreariest most boring environments are like right at the start of the game uh sure and the game takes a little too long to start showing you cool shit
1: and it's not fun to get lost in this game no uh and there are no in-game maps actually uh i didn't look at any maps until about like three quarters of the way into the game And when I did, I was, like, really glad I did because it, like, it made it, like, so much more helpful looking at a map.
0: Yeah. It's like the game wants you to get lost in the dark for the tension, but if you really are, like, I got really lost in the prison.
1: Yeah. I hated it. Like, I got lost in the prison so much. Yeah. I I knew what, I knew I was looking for a door with a padlock. Uh I saw it three times. I can't find it this time.
0: Yeah. No, totally. And like, I get what they were going for because it is tense when it's dark and you're being stalked and blah, blah, blah. And it's also such a sense of relief when you find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But it's just not good design and it's not really fun.
1: You know, it prison is like the fucking lost woods in Zelda. I swear it, to God,
0: a hundred percent is. <laughs> so it's like it, it once again, it's I'm I torn because I see what they were going for and I kind of even see the point of it. But I also I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of is m- what I'm talking about with the pacing. It takes a while to get going. And then as it's going along, it routinely throws these wrenches in the works where you're suddenly stopped and doing something where you're like, this isn't fun.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, going back to aesthetics, like I would say this game is like 75% hallways and 25% cool looking things. And it's like, it's also 75% dungeon and 25% sewer. So I feel like that's a huge negative for this game. Uh, You never go outside in this game. Like you're always inside. It feels like claustrophobic in a not great way because it's all like hallways and um, I don't know those uh, dungeons and sewers can be one very samey and then two just ugly
0: yeah I will say like I said I think this game works the lighting really well it finds ways to vary things up and show you shows you areas that have some cool lighting and color um, and like I said I think the, the pacing problem is mostly that it keeps kind of slowing you down or you know sending you down to the dungeon again mm-hmm. but at the same time the reason that I don't like hate it is because it also keeps showing you like new and cool shit as you go along and you move forward. So that's like I was saying earlier, it's a very, you know, progression based game in the sense that that becomes the story. You want to see what happens next. You want to know what happens next, you know, yeah. even if the plot points themselves don't make any goddamn sense.
1: (laughs) One thing that this game reminded me of, um, in terms of just the way it looks is like a fallout three, it has that like very like Xbox 360 like color grading that was like so popular then. It was like everything's all like uh, almost green tinted. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. Well, it, it's green and blue. It kind of yeah. like vacillates between like Reanimator and The Ring in terms of like <laughs> the what glow it has going on.
1: It it does do that like neon Reanimator Lovecraft thing a couple times. Uh-huh. Like uh there's there're times when you're being like chased by this like smoke down hallways, like in kind of like scripted y sort of like devotion y parts. Yeah. Um and then yeah, like there'll be some like real unnatural lighting, like almost like uh fuck. Never mind. Uh, Dan Flavin sculptures right like fucking neon in the corner like why is there pink neon in this fucking dungeon all of a sudden (laughs) I kind of wish that would happen more often just as like a nod to Lovecraft films
0: for sure and I mean once again it's like if you play this and you go and play Soma immediately you're like oh wow (laughs) there's like so much like beautiful incandescent subtle color everywhere right like that game is dark as fuck visually but at the same time there's reds and blues and oranges and yellows that are just kind of glowing quietly all throughout the game um Mm. it's a much more colorful horror game so you can see like some kernels of the idea that get fleshed out in the next one you know
1: oh absolutely yeah yeah um my last negative for the game is that the uh the endings like what, what what happened with these endings? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it, it really just fizzles out at the end. Um, I really wish they would have done, like, a big showpiece at the end somehow.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing about this story, right? Like, it really reminded me of something while playing it. Like, almost beat for beat in a way that I kind of was shocked by. A uh, little game called Echo Knight. Yeah. Think I about guess. it. Yeah. Think about it. So it's basically just Echo Knight, except instead of being like a kind of charming, low ass poly PS1 game, it's like a pretty good looking, well realized modern game. And so there's just a lot of story moments where those two ideas kind of clash. But <laughs> if you haven't played Amnesia, but you have played Echo Knight, hello all six of you including james uh this game has basically the same story and yes it is as jarring as it sounds um
1: i do wish there were ghost friends to help Uh, yes true true you did get one friend to help and he's like a a tied up naked man i don't even know his backstory because at that point i had like no interest in the story at all
0: he's very creepy uh he's actually uh i think his name is agrippa if i'm yeah remembering yeah. right he's actually a pretty cool character if you stand in that room longer you do get more of his backstory
1: he keeps talking and he's like so chipper and i'm like dude aren't you being like tortured why are you like such an like ch- a chill mood right now he looks like he's already dead <laughs> uh I don't know th- there's weird stuff
0: like that in the game and also like the way so the way the narrative reveal is revealed I think is cool like you mentioned earlier a lot of times you go into a new area or room and you get a flashback where like mm-hmm. you sort of hear this like disembodied conversation out of context but because you know as the game goes on because you've been listening to them you start to recognize people's voices and piece together what the narrative is and so like when you meet Agrippa he's like really like one of the like, like character characters that you meet And you've like, yeah. Yeah. You might be the
1: only person you come into contact with.
0: Yeah. And like you've just gotten his backstory, right? Yeah. And it's kind of cool to stumble on him and be like, oh, like I know what this is, and I'm kind of been piecing this together. So once again, in a way, I think it gets back to that original kind of pleasure of playing the first Resident Evil where all of the narrative is in like the notes, you know? Mm, yeah. Um. and you piecing together the story yourself and how that can be a more affecting or engaging experience than like an actual like solid in-game narrative
1: yeah the notes were much more brief in Resident Evil yeah. um, These you're go gonna on. read more in Amnesia for sure
0: or listen and that's the thing like I kind of yeah. feel like if you really want to if you're wondering am I in the mood to play this game the question is do you want to have like some sort of old timey ghost story read to you by a guy with a British accent. (laughs) If that sounds good to you, get over to whatever you play games on and boot up this game because it nails that, you know, but you're not I mean you're not always in the mood for that. But if you are like fucking a and like I said this this time I was super ready for this game. And so I really enjoyed my playthrough. You know, the last time I tried to play it, I was immediately just like, I don't really think I want to play this. Mm. Also, because so, it's got that slow start.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely has a slow start. Uh, I was actually playing it for a while, and then I told you where I was, and you were like, oh, you're just, like, starting. I was like, damn <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, like, who would you recommend this game to? Is it still fun?
0: I think, so I still stand by my statement that this game has aged. Mm. You know, it's not exactly like it doesn't feel new or anything and you can definitely tell when it was made but i do think it's still fun i think it's a very good game i think for historical context and importance it is worth revisiting it's not like something like you know alone in the dark where it's like super important super historically notable but it's just not fun to play anymore Um, (laughs) i think this game is still good and engaging and fun i think like i said it's just it's a lot slower and it's a lot more low key than -hmm. its reputation suggests or than people may remember. So if you go in knowing that you have to be ready for the slow paced atmospheric at times, very vaporous experience, I think you'll enjoy this game and it's very fun.
1: I would think that if you're in the mood for something Lovecraftian, it might be your best bet. Oh yeah. Uh, this is more fun to me than eternal darkness. Yeah. Um, I would probably rather play outlast though. And I would like for sure rather play Soma.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you know me, I would for sure rather play Soma. I think I, what I'll say about this game versus outlast is that I think outlast is definitely more action packed and probably a little more fun and exciting and scarier. But I feel like this game has a little bit more going on underneath the hood and it yeah. might be more fun to revisit and replay than something like outlast. Cause like, I don't really want to replay outlast <laughs> right now. Cause I've, I think I've played it a couple times and they were very spaced out. And I feel the same way where it's like, well, I already saw, I already saw that 90 minute action movie.
1: Mm, I don't need to yeah. watch
0: it again right now. Like this game has, there's more to chew on. There's more going on. It's a different kind of experience. I feel like it might be a little more replayable, but it is good. It's still good. It's still a good game.
1: I I do feel like uh, the second time through I would feel I feel like I would just like sprint through it and see how fast I can beat it you know (laughs) it doesn't give you a score at the end or ratings or anything but yeah
0: yeah well I definitely feel like this game holds up just by virtue of being like a modern horror game right like it feels modern in a way that something like eternal darkness doesn't
1: Well, this game is the bridge between eras in terms of horror, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. And like I said, I think on a basic level and on an artistic level, it works well enough and it's good enough that you can return to it and not just be stuck thinking about how clunky it is.
1: I also feel like Amnesia is the tipping point to where Japan stopped making all the groundbreaking horror games and the West took over for that entire era or console generation yeah no japan's uh, back on its game now but for a while yeah the west took over so
0: yeah no hard agree you know after this somehow night cry happens so fuck if i know
1: (laughs) yeah so yeah i don't know it's it's a good game it's definitely uh important in terms of history um it's more adventure gamey than I thought. So if, yeah. if you want to like do some item puzzles, read notes, things like that, you're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Here's I, a, I I didn't have a ton of fun with it. Um, it like I didn't hate it, but it, it was a pretty like average to above average experience for me. Sure.
0: Here's a here's a Woodard style question. I'm gonna throw at you. Uh, you like to ask these questions at the end of the episode so <laughs> I'm kind of okay, I kind of got one if this company had not turned back around and made like a really great game mm. uh, that's like far superior to this
1: do you think you would hold this game in a little bit higher esteem that's hard to say right you know um, yeah because we, we know how that how it evolved like I do appreciate it for its like proto-Soma qualities, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then, and then I guess you know, the same way Penumbra had proto-amnesia qualities. Right. That is difficult to say. Um, But uh, yeah, this game super, I, f- I find it interesting how this game is once very familiar you know, reading notes, doing item puzzles they're all like elemental or colored based. You yeah. There's there so many things that games before it did but at the same time this game like turned the page to the new chapter in horror games. And that's just like a really interesting dichotomy that I didn't expect going into the experience. For sure. Now I you know I don't think it it stood up to the test of time as well as some other games do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I feel like a game like Fatal Frame 2 holds up to the test of time more than this, which is kind of like weird to say. But this game is like, when I first started playing it, like the first 10 minutes, I'm like, man, this game is like, so Xbox, you know, uh, it, it is, it doesn't feel timeless, I guess.
0: Well, and I, that's, I
1: actually feel timely.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. And I think that's why I used to rate this game a bit lower. Um, mm. I'm, I'm bumping it up a little bit because I had a lot of fun with this playthrough. Yeah. Uh, But I used to rate it lower because, I guess, when I think of horror classics, I do think of stuff that's timeless, even though it's very much of a time and place. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of agree with you there. But what I give this game, I guess what I'm getting at by asking you that question, is what I give this game is I still think it's a unique experience. Like, the way that you do the hide-em-up game style when you're playing this game feels very distinct from outlast for example Mm. um feels super distinct from something like devotion right like it's just feels like it's its own unique niche which i think makes me like kind of give it a little more leeway or just like rate it a little bit higher because if you like this style or you're interested in this style there's really only this company's games i feel
1: I do feel like the running, hiding was less annoying than in Soma. Sure. I don't know. Some of the enemy encounters in Soma, like, really pissed me off. And I never got that from this one.
0: Mm. See, I I like the enemy encounters in Soma, but I think it's because they were a little bit more involved. And, Mm. yeah, once again, I think I was kind of, like, walking with the game in both games. Like, I was kind of, like, seeing... The scenario I mean like okay I want I want to do this like this looks cool whereas I think you were maybe pushing back against it a little bit and seeing where the seams are and seeing the limitations of of that gameplay style mm.
1: gotta pop the hood <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that thing got a hammy <laughs> see what this baby is running <laughs> um, yeah man well Fuck it. you know, you know that we here at zero brightness rate games on the game pro scale. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> no, you do that. I don't. I don't do that shit. <laughs>
1: so you know, historical importance score. I give it a four and a half. It's undeniable. But fun factor. I'm gonna give fun factor maybe a, a, a high two and a half, low three. Just little above average in terms of fun factor. All didn't right. blow me away. I didn't have my hair stick up like the I game was, pro guy.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you remember which? face that it you know if you remember the faces yeah but i
1: probably have a three face yeah no thumb well,
0: the, the, the listener can look that up for themselves yeah good stuff yeah
1: yeah all right fucking game club game club gc uh we're playing another spiritual successor jesus christ um dread out dread out yeah have you heard of it you heard of it dude it's it's the Indonesian Fatal Frame. It's yeah. It's like the Indonesian
0: late PS2 early 360 style horror game that came out in like 2014 or something. Mhm. It's yeah. wild. It's like, fucking wild. You we had to do it also because i've never played it all the way through and i just had Mm. this like hazy recollection of like the first quarter of it and then i was like yeah we should play this is cool and then james (laughs) immediately started sending me updates like do you remember this do you remember this i was like uh no what (laughs) so we'll see how that goes
1: (laughs) yeah we'll see is it just a like uh a bootleg jank spiritual successor? is there some meat on them bones